0: To this day i can still feel myself with the hair on the back of my head going up and this mom chasing me i had, if i would have stopped i think she would have tried to knock me out
1: welcome to the talking shop podcast where i'm here to share stories lessons and experiences in sports performance and professional development i'm your host matt Tomas, and today i'm joined by the legend lee Taft. how are you doing today <laughs> good
0: man how are you thanks for having me on this will be fun
1: Um, I'm great. Thank you for for joining. And on the very small off chance that people do not know who Lee Taft is, Lee Taft is the speed guy who's been doing speed and agility for I don't even know how many years he works or consults, speaks at, works with pro athletes, NBA, NFL, high level D1, everything in between speaks around the world. So I'm very grateful for your time today. And I'm super excited for a new format of an episode, something a, a little different, but short, sweet to the point of Lee Taft's coolest slash craziest story so basically if you had to tell just one story from your coaching career what would that be
0: oh man it's a tough one because this this is my 32nd year involved in this profession and um I, I I've been asked similar questions like this before and I go back and forth because I've, I've been around a lot but I'll tell you, Matt, there's one question this kind of can encapsulate for coaches out there who are actually not just performance coaches, but this is an actual sport coach. I was a I was a head football coach one time. And um, so I had a player that, that was very talented. You know, when when his head was straight, he was probably my best overall player could just do a lot. Very talented. But he was also a major discipline problem in school and you know he just was one of those kids I think that's what made him tough he didn't care he just you know he was going for blood all the time so I had to discipline him one time he misbehaved in school and I had to discipline him well his mom didn't like it so we're in the middle of practice and all of a sudden I see his mom walking down we we our football field is kind of down this little hill and you She comes walking down at a pretty good pace. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, this might not go well. Uh Uh-oh. And so next thing you know, she just kept walking right onto the field. Just kept coming, kept, hadn't said a word yet. I'm just looking at the corner of my eye and I'm seeing her coming out there. She has this paper in her hand and she's marching and coming right at me. And next thing you know, everybody kind of sees her and the players look and the coaches. One of my brothers was one of my assistants and everybody's kind of looking and she's coming right at me. So I start backing up a little bit because I'm thinking, she's not going to stop.
1: Uh-oh, yeah. I'm not putting my
0: hands. Yeah, I'm not putting my hands. So I start backing up and she just keeps coming at me and she hadn't said anything yet. And I'm like, you know, her name, I said, can I help you? And and she just keeps coming at me. So I kind of walk around the team. I literally walked around the team and she's following me, Matt, around the team. And even my... My assistant coaches are like, you know, can we help you, Mrs. So-and-so, and, and nothing. And so I, I just kind of kept working. I said, look, it would just stop. What, what's going on? What's your? She would not stop coming at me. So I walked up the hill. She kept following me. And I told my staff, just keep going. Keep practice going. She followed me. I went to the school. I walked through the hallway, and she kept coming. I went into the principal's office. I probably had about a 15-second lead and i said listen this mom's coming after me i don't know what it is she hasn't stopped chasing me for the last two minutes and so she comes in to the office i go around his desk behind him and he says to her look please have a seat so she sits down i go around i go right back out the door go right back to practice and he ended up dealing with her but i have never i've had obviously
1: running
0: (laughs) running with parents but i've always Remember that to this day, I can still feel myself with the hair on the back of my head going up, and this mom chasing me. I, had, if I would have stopped, I think she would have tried to knock me out right there. I don't know oh my because she never stopped coming at me. And I would say, of all the things that I've done, that's probably the craziest thing because it was like it was like uh, like a very surreal moment. I didn't know what to do because if it was a father, I probably would have stood my ground right there and said, "Well,
1: do you know, not mess with moms for sure."
0: Yeah, not, not with her, and so I just kept going. But yeah, that one that one always sticks in my head. That was probably twenty something years ago. So <laughs>
1: I was going to say, good thing you're a speed coach, and you, and you you teach how to re- retreat and backpedal. You're just like backpedal. I'm yeah. telling you, I needed every
0: <laughs> skill I ever taught. That's for sure. <laughs> it's interesting.
1: She stayed the same pace the whole time. That sounds like quite the distance you guys went.
0: It it was. That's what I'm saying. This whole event was probably like a ten minute thing from the time I saw her and. We're going around and then going up the hill and I'm trying to talk to her a little bit up the hill as I'm moving and then going in. And by the time I got back, I'm like, holy cow. Even the son was there, obviously. And he's just kind of laughing with his friends because he probably is used to that type of behavior. But it was, it was the oddest thing I ever went through. Even my coaching staff, that meeting after practice, I don't think we covered anything but <laughs> talked about that the whole time.
1: <laughs> what was the resolution when you followed up with the principal, what, what happened?
0: He he just said she was furious that he got in trouble and I had to discipline him, which means he missed a game. And, um, and she thought it was unfair because he, the teacher was being, you know, disrespectful to him. and this kid, this same kid threw a bottle at me one day in the hallway. You know oh. what I mean? So that's the type of kid he is. You know what I mean? He was a, and the thing is, I love the kid to death. Um, I was never, I never took things personal. I, I protected all my kids and I knew they were going to get upset at times. And uh, it just was one of those situations that finally the principal had to say, listen, this is the bottom line. We did this. If, if Coach Taft didn't discipline him, we were disciplining him anyway. So, and ended up being, uh, yeah, sat out, and then finally, that was it, and 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 the funny thing is, after that, I can remember when uh, this boy um, graduated and all, I mean, the mom gave me a hug, and thank you for all you did, and all this and that, so <laughs> that's why sometimes you never get too high, you never get too low.
1: Yeah, do you remember the extent of the conversation whenever you first had to kind of chat and discipline with him? Was he receptive? Did he not really um, accept it, or kind of do you remember that yeah. convo?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, he never. Exa- he he never did anything wrong on his his side. Right? He was always like, well, you know, I during class he did something, you know, that upset the teacher whatever. And the teacher tried to say something, and rather than just being quiet, he kept going. And next thing you know, it becomes a verbal thing back and forth. And then kid gets up and leaves the classroom just on his own. So you know, so it was one of those. But he he his interpretation, he was getting picked on, you know, but that's, but, you know, according to him, everybody picked on him. But yeah, he was the, you know, kid who caused more problems than any kid I had. But, uh, and the thing is, he wasn't really like a bad kid. He just had no, he had no governor. Like he had no way to control his emotions once he lost it. And I just don't think he was ever taught how to do that, you know, how to control it. And so that was one thing that was part of my job as coaching and. You know you kind of deal with it, but little by little, uh, you know you kind of the kids kind of grow on you and you start to grow on them as long as you're fair and consistent. I was mm-hmm. always fair, always consistent. and so the kids actually did appreciate it, even though they'd get mad at me at times. so
1: yeah, I feel like consistency is definitely an underrated key to stuff like that, but it's it's also interesting how most stories like that end up with like the coach winning the kid over over time. Yeah. And it's like a a, a complete one eighty. but I guess kind of last thing on, on this topic, knowing that you've been in coaching over 30 years, whether it was one-on-one consulting or with team stuff, what is, what is the key? I guess you kind of chatted on a few, but the key or the art of that like stern convo from all of your experiences.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, really, and and it's funny because my daughter, who we were talking about a moment ago, this is her first year of being a coach. She's actually a JV head coach of basketball. And so she's asking a lot of the coaching questions. And the one thing I told her, and this is how I always, I think, earned respect with my players throughout the years of coaching, is I was always very clear up front. So the standards were set, uh, expectations were set, and uh, consequences to you know misbehavior or, or you know breaking rules, for the most part, were set. Now I, as I got older. You kind of have open-ended rules sometimes because it does depend at times. There are not every case is exactly the same, but as long as you, you know, clearly define it. This is what we're about. This is what I expect. Um, you know, there's really no exceptions unless the there's something that couldn't be controlled or whatever, and we'll discuss that. And I've again, I've had two very close situations. One met a different criteria than the other one, and and you just. And I explained to the players, I'm like, this is the way it is. I'm sorry. And if they agree, great. If they disagree, you just got to teach them. Like that's now you're learning what it's like to be an adult because you're going to make decisions when you're kids or if you become a coach or a teacher or a leader of anybody, they're not going to agree. So as long as you set the foundation, those conversations are much easier because I can say to you, Matt, if you play for me, I say, Matt, do you remember the we talked about this? This is a thing. And you even signed the sheet in your mom and dad, or your, you know, your your guardian signed the sheet. This is what we're talking about right here. Does that make sense? And really they have no place to go after that. You know, they have to accept it.
1: They have a foundation of, of expectations because I, I coach a lot of our nine, 10, 11 year old classes and stuff. And as soon as the the session starts, hey, big group, there's a lot of other kids in here. We got to stay focused. You know, what happens if we get in their way? Oh, they'll get mad that I was like, yeah, then we can't do cool stuff. Or as soon as we move on to like a new piece of equipment, I'm like, guys, we have nice stuff. And what happens if we don't treat it right? Like, oh, we're not going to get to use it. I'm like, correct. So by putting all the, and not that it's always negative, but, uh, or I say we have game time at the end. If we mess around during the session and our regular stuff takes too long, what's the first thing to go? So CYA, for those of you who know what that means, but whenever it comes time to have those conversations, cover your butt you already covered your butt because you already put it out there. You know, whenever it comes time to kind of come down on the kid, they're not confused. They're not surprised. All you have to say is remember what we talked about. And then if they don't be like, well, I guess you weren't listening then. So I think (laughs) setting a foundation of expectations, being very clear, consistent, all those things is a a good recipe for success. So Lee Taft, thank you very much for taking the time today. I'm rolling out the red carpet. You can shamelessly plug, keyword on shameless, plug whatever you got to plug where can the listeners get more of you
0: i appreciate it matt um yeah they just go to leetaff.com they can find out all the stuff we got going on and if they happen to enjoy basketball we got a new program at basketballspeedspecialist.com which is pretty cool getting a lot of great uh, feedback from that so yeah Uh, and i'm out there on on social media at leetaff you can pretty much find me so yeah no i appreciate that
1: all right thank you very much and i'm looking forward to chatting next
0: thanks matt